Hello and welcome back to Back of the Sports Card Trivia Pod, a podcast where you can test your sports trivia knowledge over a variety of sports and topics. My name's Court and I will be your host. Our game will consist of five rounds of six questions covering everything from your basic sports to some unknown sports. Each question is worth one point unless otherwise noted. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and let me know what your score is. A good weekend this weekend, a lot of different things going on. We had a great finish at the U.S. Open this past weekend. We got to watch the Colorado Avalanche completely dismantle the Lightning in Game 2, and the Golden State Warriors won the NBA championship. Of course, we'll talk about that championship in a later round, but we're going to start this first round just simply titled Joe Lewis. This week on June 22nd to be specific, Joe Lewis took down James J. Brodick in the 8th round to win the heavyweight boxing title. A year later, he beat Max Schmeling, who was widely considered to be the best boxer in the world, and it started to kind of show that the U.S. could, in fact, take down Germany. So all these questions have to do with Joe Lewis surrounding him as a boxer or some of the things that he's known for. So with that being said, let's get rolling into question one. Joe Lewis Arena was the longtime home of what original six NHL franchise until it closed in 2017? Question number two. The monument to Joe Lewis, a.k.a. The Fist, was commissioned by what longtime and well-known sports magazine? Question number three. When Joe Lewis beat Max Schmeling in the U.S., what iconic New York City outdoor stadium did the bout take place? Question number four. What is Joe Lewis's nickname? Question number five. Joe Lewis had a career total of 66 wins with 52 of them being knockouts. Within two, how many times did he lose in his career? And question number six. In 1952, Joe Lewis participated in an event in which he became the first African American to compete in this event. What kind of event was it? I'm going to give you a few seconds of music, try to come up with these answers, and then I will return and we'll see what you know. All right, let's give you some answers to this first round about Joe Lewis. So question one, Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan was the longtime home to what original six NHL franchise until it's closed in 2017? Well, that was, of course, the Detroit Red Wings. A lot of well-known events that happened there, including um, NWA getting arrested for their songs, um, the Nancy Kerrigan, the why, that was at Joe Lewis Arena. A lot of really good memories there. 
Question two, the monument to Joe Lewis, a.k.a. The Fist, was commissioned by what sports magazine? That was, of course, Sports Illustrated. Question three, when Joe Lewis beat Max Schmeling, what iconic New York City outdoor stadium did the bout take place? Well, the key there was outdoor stadium. That would have been Yankee Stadium. Question number four, what is Joe Lewis's nickname? Well, he was known as the Brown Bomber. Question number five, Joe Lewis had a career total of 66 wins with 52 of them being knockouts. How many times did he lose? You had to be within two here. Correct answer here is 33 losses. So to be able to get the point, you had to guess between one and five. And his final loss was to Rocky Marciano, who famously went undefeated and was the only undefeated boxer until technically Floyd Mayweather is still undefeated. And last but not least, what event did Joe Lewis participate in becoming the first African-American to do so? He was technically the first African-American to compete in the PGA Tour. He was the first African-American to play a PGA Tour event. Golf was another passion that Joe Lewis had, and he was instrumental in finding an organization called The First Tee. And The First Tee is a charity that helps underprivileged children become equated with the game of golf. And to this day, his son, Joe Lewis Burrow Jr., oversees the organization. It's a pretty cool um, organization to be a part of. Moving on now to round two, and this is, as always, our quick hitters round. This round is filled with some questions that are quick hitters and have some simple answers. Today's category is MLB ballparks. I will name an MLB team, and you're going to name the stadium that the team plays in. For example, if I were to say the Detroit Tigers, you would say Comerica Park. So here we go. Question one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two, the Chicago Cubs. Question number three, the Boston Red Sox. Question number four, the Chicago White Sox. Question number five, the Cincinnati Reds. And question number six, the Texas Rangers. So this one's a little bit of fun. We are in the throes of the MLB season, so it's always cool to kind of recap, hey, where are all these teams playing? So let's start at the top. Question number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers, well, they are still playing at Dodger Stadium. Would have also accepted Chavez Ravine because that's technically where they are as well, but the stadium is Dodger Stadium. Question number two, Chicago Cubs, they still are playing at Wrigley Field. So the correct answer there, the IVs of Wrigley Field. Question number three, the Boston Red Sox, that is, of course, Fenway Park. The Green Monster still haunts everyone, but now you can sit on top of it at least. Question number four, the Chicago White Sox, that is guaranteed rate field. Kaminsky Park technically no longer exists, but that's technically where they are at now. It's just called guaranteed rate field. Cincinnati Reds, well, they play, of course, at the Great American Ballpark. I just love that name. And last but not least, the newest stadium in Major League Baseball, the Texas Rangers, play at Globe Life Field. I would love to go see it. It looks really cool, and it seems like it's really fun to be at. All right, we are moving on to round three, connections that make contact. This round will have five questions that may or may not be sports-related, but the answers do relate to each other in some way through sports. The sixth question will be the connection between the five answers. So let's get started. 
Question number one. What 13-letter word means the characteristic of a major city or constituting a large city or urbanized area? Question number two. What U.S. city is the headquarters of... Question number three. What MLB team is the oldest continuous same name, same city franchise in American professional sports? Question number four. What species of fish is known for its elongated body, spear-like snout, rigid dorsal fin, and are one of the fastest swimmers reaching almost 70 miles per hour? Question number five, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is a famous address in what U.S. city? And question number six is what is the connection between the answers? I'm going to give you a few seconds of music to try to think about this one and I will be back and we will reveal the connection. All right, let's see if we can make some contact here with connections that make contact. So first question, what 13-letter word means the characteristics of a major city or constituting a large city or urbanized area? That is, of course, metropolitan. Question two, what U.S. city is the headquarters of Coca-Cola, Chick-fil-A, and Delta Airlines? That is Atlanta. Question three, what MLB team is the oldest continuous same name, same city franchise in American professional sports? That is, of course, the Philadelphia Phillies. They have been in Philadelphia and have been nicknamed the Phillies since 1883. Question number four, what species of fish is known for its elongated body, spear-like snout, and rigid dorsal fin and can swim up to 70 miles per hour? Those are, of course, a marlin. And last but not least, question number five, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is a famous address in what U.S. city? That is, of course, Washington, D.C. So this question number six was the connection. You had answers such as the Metropolitan, Atlanta, Philadelphia Phillies, Marlins, and Washington, D.C. Well, those are, of course, the teams of the NL East. You have the New York Metropolitans, better known as the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, the Philadelphia Phillies, Miami Marlins, and of course, the Washington Nationals. Now, the Mets just seem to be on a tear right now. They are playing really well, and it gives me as a Tigers fan hope to know that if we just stick with it, eventually we might figure things out. Not with Alavila in place probably, but we might figure things out. All right, let's get started with round four, and this round is titled Going to the Dogs. The Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is wrapping up this Wednesday, June 22nd. All of these questions have to pertain with the show, the dogs, and other questions surrounding the fluffiest competition around. I watched the agility challenge yesterday oh my gosh it's just so much fun you want to see pure happiness and pure joy just watch those dogs go through those obstacle course so here we go question number one the best in show is presented at what world famous new york city indoor stadium 
Question number two. On May 8, 1877, the first Westminster Dog Show was held. What is the only continuously held sporting event in the U.S. that is older? Question number three. What 2000 comedy film is loosely based on the Westminster Dog Show and holds a dog show called the Mayflower Kennel Club Dog Show? Question number four. Before being considered a contender for best in show, the dog must first win their breed and then what? Question number five. Despite being the two most popular dog breeds in the U.S., what two breeds have never won a best in show? And question number six. What group has produced 47 best in show winners, almost triple the second place sporting group? I'm going to give you a few seconds of music so you can kind of bask in the fluffiness that is this round. So I'm going to give you a few seconds of music and then I'll come back with the answers. All right, so let's get you some answers as we wrap up this round on the Westminster Dog Show. So question number one, the best in show was presented at what world-famous New York City indoor stadium? That is, of course, Madison Square Garden. So we had the Yankee Stadium for Joe Lewis. We have Madison Square Garden for Westminster. We're just covering all the major New York City landmarks. And we talked about the Mets, all about New York City today, apparently. Question number two today on May 8th, 1877, the Westminster Dog Show was held for the first time. What is the only continuously held sporting event in the U.S. that is older? That is, of course, the Kentucky Derby. Question three, what 2000 comedy film is loosely based on the Westminster Dog Show? That is, of course, known as Best in Show. The cast includes Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and of course, that is the Canadian connection, but that is also the connection that kind of led Eugene Levy to hire Catherine O'Hara for her role on Schitt's Creek, so it all comes full circle. Question number four, before being considered a contender for Best in Show, the dog must win their breed, and then what? That would be their group. The dog must win Best in Breed first, then they got to win Best in Group, and then they are a contender for Best in Show. So you have groups such as Toy, Working, Sporting, Non-Sporting. It's a lot of fun, and of course, the Terrier group as well. Question number five, despite being the two most popular dog breeds in the U.S., what two breeds have never won best in show? That is, of course, the Labrador Retriever and the Golden Retriever. I like to remind my Golden Retrievers every year, like, hey, I love you and you're cute and everything else like that, but you're probably not going to win best in show. And they still smile and wag their tails. I think it's kind of cool. And then question number six, what group has produced 47 best in show winners, almost triple the second place sporting group? That is, of course, the Terrier group, with the Wire Fox Terrier winning more than any other breed with a total of 15 wins. 
So we are going to move on to round five now, and we are, of course, going to end this round with a round titled The Champs Are Here. The Warriors have won the NBA Finals over the Boston Celtics. While Draymond Green is celebrating with his own customized shirt and everyone is trying to figure out where Steph Curry now ranks in terms of the greatest athletes to play in the NBA, we're going to focus on the Golden State Warriors and some of the individuals associated with them. So all these questions have to do with the Golden State Warriors, the team, some players, everything else like that. So let's get started with question number one. What East Coast city did the Warriors play in before moving to San Francisco in 1962? Question 2. After winning the NBA championship last week, the Warriors are now solely in third place for most NBA championships. What team were they tied with before winning? Question number three. In 1959, the Warriors drafted their most well-known player until they drafted Steph Curry. What 100-point score did the Warriors draft and sign and quickly became one of the most dominant big men to ever play the game? Question number four. Between his NBA playing career and his coaching career, how many NBA championships does Steve Kerr now have? Question number five. Gary Payton II is a member of the Warriors and became part of the fifth father-son combo to win an NBA championship. Name two of the other four father-son combos to win an NBA championship. And question number six. What does Steph Curry have more of right now? NBA Finals MVPs or NBA Regular Season MVPs? I'm going to give you a few seconds of music, try to come up with the answers, and then we will go over them together. All right, let's go over some of these answers. So question one. What East Coast city did the Warriors play in before moving to San Francisco in 1962? That was, of course, in Philadelphia. So they were nicknamed the Warriors back then. They were in Philadelphia from 1946 until 1962. And in 1962, they moved from Philadelphia all the way to San Francisco. So question number two, after winning the NBA championship last week, the Warriors now in sole possession of third place in terms of most NBA championships won. What team were they tied with before winning? They were tied with the Chicago Bulls. So Chicago Bulls are now fourth most NBA championships with six. Warriors are third with seven. Of course, the Lakers and the Celtics are just head and shoulders above everyone else right now. And it will take a little bit of time before the Warriors catch up to them. Question three, in 1959, what player did the Warriors draft? That was, of course, Wilt Chamberlain. So Wilt Chamberlain, the only player to ever score 100 points in an NBA game, and he did it with the Warriors, who, again, at the time, were located in Philadelphia. 
Question number four, between his NBA playing career and his coaching career, how many NBA championships does Steve Kerr now have? He has nine NBA championships. He won three in a row with the Bulls, then he won two with the Spurs. He technically won four championships in a row because the year after he won his championship with the third championship with the Bulls, he then got traded to the Spurs, and now he's won four championships with the Warriors. He's starting to get very close to his idol of Phil Jackson, who has won 10 total. So he's getting there. Question number five, Gary Payton II is a member of the Warriors and became the fifth father-son duo to win an NBA championship. You had to name two of the other four. So here are the other four. Like I said, you only have to name two of them. So Michael and Clay Thompson, Bill and Luke Walton, Rick and Brent Berry, and the fourth one, of course, I know you know this one, Matt and Matt Goikas, and it was Matt Goikas and Matt Goikas Jr. That one was technically the first one, but obviously the least well-known. Last but not least, question number six, what does Steph Curry now have more of, NBA Finals MVPs or NBA regular season MVPs? Correct answer here is he still has more NBA regular season MVPs. He has two of those, and with his Finals MVP this past weekend, he has his first finals MVP. Hard to believe he's won four championships and this is the first finals MVP that he's won because he's the most well-known player out of that group. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's up for debate later. We can always debate whether or not he should have more of one or the other. But, hey, that is all that we have for today. I want to thank you for tuning in this week. I will return next week Monday with more questions and more fun. Make sure you're following us on Apple and make sure that you select to follow. And then when you select that, make sure you select to also automatically download. If Apple isn't your thing, make sure you're subscribed everywhere else. Please leave a five-star review wherever you can and make sure you're following us on all of our social media at Back of the Card Trivia on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. But hey, my name's Court, the dog's name is Milo, and I will see you next time.